Welcome to Basic Doctrine of the Bible. The teaching series within this podcast is a part of the Basic Discipleship Program. In 2 Timothy 3.16, the Bible says, All Scripture is inspired by God and is profitable for teaching, for rebuking, for correcting, for training in righteousness. Our hope is that this material will encourage you to have a great appreciation and respect for God's Word. Now, let's join today's lesson. Hey, welcome to this episode of Basic Doctrine of the Bible. And in this episode, in this lesson, we're concluding our series on this subject, Doctrine of the Bible. We've talked about how God speaks, thus we have the Word of God, the Bible. We've talked about different qualities of God's Word, the way it's inspired, authoritative, sufficient, We've also talked about how we've received the Bible, the process through which the Lord delivered uh, His Word to us. And we talked about some of those words like canonization. And so in this final lesson, we want to talk about more practical matters. We want to talk about now that we have the Bible, what can we do with it to spiritually benefit from it? Um, What actions can we take uh, to gain from God's words? What do we need to do in order to really appropriate the Word of God into our life? So I really believe this. No study of the Bible would be complete without a practical emphasis on how we can make this book, the good book, a meaningful part of our life. We know this from our study already. The pathway of spiritual growth travels through the pages of the Bible. If you want to be spiritually strong, you've got to have God's Word in your heart, soul, and mind. The psalmist understood this. He prayed, Your Word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Psalm 119.11 And Jesus taught that His Word is a means of disciples getting closer to God and becoming all that God wants them to be. John 17, 17, Jesus prayed for us, Sanctify them by your truth. Your Word is truth. So hear the words of the psalmist. Hear the words of Jesus. If you want to be all the Lord that wants, wants you to be, if you want to grow, if you want to have the Lord's abundant life, His joy, peace, purpose, and direction in your life. You need to be a person committed to His Word. You need His Word in your heart, soul, and mind. So we could say that David and Jesus both recognized the value of God's Word. Paul did as well. He, when speaking of his own ministry, regularly spoke, Acts 16.5, Colossians 1.23, of the way in which he always attempted to strengthen people by the Word of God. So we see this precedent in Scripture, and we know that if modern believers want to have a strong and secure spiritual life, they've got to be serious about Scripture. So what can we do with the Bible? We've heard heard all this stuff about, we've heard theological truth concerning the nature of God's Word, Uh, We've learned the process by which the Lord gave us His Word. Let's now consider what we practically, regularly, as disciples need to do with the Bible. And number one, I would encourage you with this. Read it. Simply read the Word of God. The psalmist said this, Instruction from your lips, Psalm 119.72, 
instruction from your lips is better for me than thousands of gold and silver pieces. Know this, every time you read the Bible, you receive instruction from God. When you get up in the morning and go about the practice of opening this book, you hear from God. And so I would encourage you to first be a person who regularly reads the Bible. I would recommend to you a daily Bible reading plan. I make it my goal to read through the Bible once a year. Now, you don't have to do that. Maybe you read through half of a year, or maybe you read through it twice in a year. Maybe you take three years to read through the Bible. I don't know. Here's all that I'm encouraging. Make sure you regularly read God's Word. Now, remember not to be legalistic about this. Remember to not think that a mere cursory reading of Scripture is going to cure all that ails you. You have to read and understand God's Word. But know this, Bible reading is beneficial. When you set aside time in your daily routine to ingest God's truth, you are making more room for God to move in your heart. So carve out some time. Get a Bible you like, the translation you can understand, find a reading plan that challenges you, get online and look one up. Make it your goal to systematically read through God's Word, and God's Word will develop your soul. Read it. Number two, I've already mentioned this in a way briefly, but secondly, I would say this. Don't just read the Bible, understand it as well. Understand it. See, this is so critical. Many people, again, are guilty of just having a cursory, surface-level reading in which Bible goes in one ear, out the other. It, the, the, the words of the Bible pass over the gray matter of the mind, but the profound truth of God never penetrates into the soul. Why? Because some people read the Bible without aiming to understand it. Warren Wearsby has said this, great Bible teacher Warren Wearsby. He said, the Bible is not a magic book that changes people or circumstances just because somebody reads it. God's word must be understood before it can enter the heart and release its life-changing power. Now, we know this is true by studying the Bible. We can take an example from the life of Israel. When the Israelites returned from captivity in Babylon... Uh, The Lord uh, used them to rebuild the walls of the city. And then in Nehemiah chapter 8, the Lord instructed the people uh, to hold a great big revival service. Uh, The men of God of that day got up and read the word of God and gave the explanation of it. And and Nehemiah chapter 8 records the scene. It tells us what took place, how the men of God preach the word. And it says in Nehemiah chapter 8, verse number 8, the, the men read out of the book of the law of God and they translated it and they gave the meaning so that the people could understand what was read. So notice what happens in this revival. People hear the word of God and that was needed, but they actually needed somebody to translate it. Why? Because they had been in Babylon and they didn't understand the ancient Hebrew. So first of all, they needed someone to translate it. Then after translating it into their new tongue, they needed someone to give the meaning. In other words, just hearing what scripture said wasn't enough. 
They needed someone to break it down and to explain it so they could understand what the Lord meant in his word so that they could understand what the Lord required of them. So they were given the understanding of scripture and then scripture had the ability to enter into their hearts, souls, and minds and transform them. It was only, go on and read the account, verse 9 and following. It was only after they knew what the Bible meant that they were able to experience revival and transformation. So know this in your life, believer. We've said a lot of neat stuff about the Bible throughout this series. But know this, in order for you to benefit from the Bible, you've got to understand it. Like the Israelites of old, you may need someone to help you. You may need to do some work. You may need to get a study Bible that has notes that explains what God's Word means. You need to, may, need to buy a, a single volume commentary that explains God's Word. I can remember when I was a young Christian, I, I, I can distinctly remember reading a Bible and having no clue what this book was talking about. And then I remember somebody gave me a popular study Bible at that time, the Life Application Study Bible. Since then, I've liked to use the John MacArthur Study Bible. I've used the Ryrie Study Bible. I've used the ESV or the Christian Standard Study Bible. But I remember using that Life Application Study Bible and reading notes. And for the first time, I began to understand what God's Word really meant. And then I, I, I remember the experience of understanding God's Word and as a result, being changed. Having my mind renewed and transformed, Romans 12, 1 through 2. Uh, know this. You've got to understand Scripture if you really want to benefit from it. So do the hard work. Uh, get a friend who can help answer questions. Consult a pastor, a youth pastor who can help you. Buy some resources. Be careful as you look stuff up online. Consult trusted resources. And know this. Read it. Understand it. Number three, I would say this. Meditate on it. So, so we want to be people of the book who read it. And then we want to be people who study it and aim to understand it so that it could unleash its life-changing power. But third, there's this need for disciples to also meditate on God's Word. Now, the word meditation may bring up a lot of thoughts in your mind. You may think of some spooky, esoteric, Eastern practice. Meditation, however, is simply the act of mulling something over in your mind. Meditation, real simply, is the idea of you thinking upon something. We're all meditating on something all the time. Unfortunately, many of us sometimes meditate on stuff of this world that really doesn't matter. Or maybe we meditate on negative feelings. The Bible encourages us to meditate on the truth of God's Word. I found this to be where the rubber really meets the road in the Christian life. I found that this is really where the change comes. This is where the power comes to one's daily life. When one moves from not just being a reader or study of God's Word, but then throughout the day, he or she thinks about or meditates upon, places his mind or her thoughts on the Word of God. This is meditation. It's this act of personally reflecting on God's Word throughout our day-to-day -day life. The, the psalmist said he did this, Psalm 119, 97. 
He said, how I love your instruction. It is my meditation all day long. In other words, I think about it all day long. Today, I went to a lunch appointment. I was walking across the parking lot to go meet the person for lunch. And I took an opportunity just to think about God's word and to let my mind go back to what I'd read and studied this morning and had a brief conversation with the Heavenly Father about it, gave him some praise, confessed some stuff to him, asked him for some help. And through that act of meditation, I enjoyed fellowship with my Lord, just walking across a parking lot. So this is the aim of the Christian life, not to have what I would call a God in the box routine where we just pull out our Bible in the morning and look at it and read it and then put it back and then go about our day as if there is no God in many ways. Now, here's what the Lord wants to do with his word. He, yes, he wants us to read it and study it, but then he wants us to be so full of his truth that throughout the day, it has a practical impact on how we think and how we live. So meditate on it. Number four, I'd say this, memorize it. Practice memorizing scripture. There is a great benefit in memorizing the words of the Bible, of memorizing a scripture reference, and then the precise wording of that verse. This helps us because in times of trial, in times of testing, in times of temptation, in times of tragedy, we have truth at our disposal. This helps us when life is boring, when we don't know what to do, when we're confused or when we're hurt or when we're enticed. We have scripture readily available in our minds that we can go to. The psalmist said in Psalm 119.11, I have treasured your word in my heart so that I might not sin against you. The language here is really not just this idea of treasuring, like, hey, I value that. It's the idea of treasuring, like I've stored it up. I've amassed it or hidden it away in my heart, as one translation says. And so the psalmist was saying, hey, your word is actually in my mind, in my heart. I've memorized it. I don't have to go consult it by reading a scroll. I actually know it. And so by having scripture memorized this in this way, the psalmist said, I've done it so that I might not sin against you. In other words, the whole purpose of memorizing scripture is to protect us in the evil day, in times when we're tempted, in times when emotions or feelings or the words of others are dominating us in an unhealthy way. If we have scripture stored up in our hearts, we have the two-edged sword of God's word, Hebrews 4.12, ready to fight. Remember Ephesians 6.17, this is our spiritual sword. So always be ready, just as a soldier has a sword at his side, always be ready with the sword of God's word. How can you always be ready? Well, you could always have a copy available to pull out and look at, but why not memorize it? Store it up in your heart. There's a lot of techniques for memorizing it. I've discovered just by writing it out over and over and over again, over a course of a few days, that helps. Uh, There's apps out there you can use. Um, Use an accountability partner to help you. But memorize it, and then this will help you in your spiritual journey. It's something that God wants you to do with His Word. Number five, know this. We've got to aim to obey it. So we want to read it. We want to understand it. 
want to meditate upon it. We, we want to memorize it. But don't miss this. Number five, you want to obey it. So remember the goal of our relationship with God's word is not just mere information. We want transformation. Scripture never ultimately accomplishes its purpose in our lives until it transforms how we live. Many fall short of what God wants for them. Many are spiritually deceived because they are hearers of the word without being doers of the word, James 1.22. So when God gives you truth from his book, when you read a verse in the morning or the afternoon or the evening, it convicts you. Make a commitment to change, pray, and plan to put it into action. Maybe in studying God's word and reading it, you see the need to forgive someone, to remove a bad habit from your life, to confess a sin, or to commit to a certain discipline. And know this, action is the key. Repentance, change, transformation by the aid of the Holy Spirit is the key to experiencing the full blessings of God's word. Don't settle for second best. Don't be a mere hearer who deceives him or herself. Aim with God's help to then obey, to put into practice what you learn. And number six, lastly, I'd say this. We want to read God's word. We want to understand it. We want to meditate upon it. We want to memorize it. We want to obey it. And lastly, we want to share it. Jesus said this on one occasion to his disciples. What I tell you in the dark, speak in the light. What you hear in a whisper, proclaim on the housetops. It's a metaphor from the ancient world. Rabbis used to have pupils, students, those who learned underneath their tutelage. Oftentimes, these students, these novices, would debate one another. They would have a practice debate. And as they would engage in debate, their masters, their lords, their rabbis would stand behind them. And many times they would stand very closely behind their pupil and they would keep their mouth right at the pupil's ear. And as the pupil or the student debated with another student, they would oftentimes prompt them concerning how they ought to respond. And maybe they would whisper in their ear, tell them this, quote this passage of scripture, reference this rabbi. Give this saying from the Mishnah. Jesus uses that metaphor to describe how we ought to approach our personal time of devotion with Him. When you spend time reading God's Word, when you study it, as you meditate upon it, memorize it, He's going to put some stuff in your heart, soul, and mind. He's going to teach you some things. He's going to fill you with His goodness and His truth. And here's what He wants you to do. It says it's as if He's whispering in your ear, and now He wants you to Share what he's whispering to others. Know this, Jesus has told us, Mark 16, 15, we are to go into all the world and proclaim the gospel. He's proclaimed that we should make disciples of all nations. So our personal time in God's word isn't to be something that stays private. We're to go public with it. And so when you read your Bible, as God teaches you stuff, Always be ready to share with others. 
Unbelievers are going to cross your paths at restaurants, at shops, at work, at school. And they need a loving Christian who is ready in conversation to share the truth about Jesus with them. You're going to have Christian friends and neighbors at times who are going to share heartaches and hurts with you. They need a Christian prepared, as Jesus has said, to speak his word and to speak his truth. Always be ready to give an answer for the hope that is within you. Thank you for joining us today for our lesson on basic doctrine of the Bible. Stay current with other episodes by subscribing to our podcast or visit us online at basicdiscipleship.net. If you have any questions about the materials presented in this lesson, or if you would like to give feedback, email us at info at basicdiscipleship.net. Thanks for listening.